podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Gallagher Shots YouTube channel and podcast. Uh, we are back for another match reaction. I am your host today, Chris, joined by the fantastic Joe. Oh, thanks, mate. It's, it's another one, Joe. It's, <laughs> it's another, another one. one. Yeah, it's another one. Oh, dear. It's, Where do we start? It, I, I just want to start by telling people, I know I say this every week after a defeat, but we're all going to try and keep this as minimal as possible. But just how much we celebrate the victories, I think it's important that we then go and 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 discuss the defeats as well, and especially the ones in the manner that what we've just suffered to Brighton as well. Um, let's get straight into it, Joe. So, starting line up, there's one forced change by Eddie Howe, which was obviously Botman is injured, and yes. Target comes straight in, which we're, we're kind of... I had, I had a thought behind it where Dan Byrne would just naturally shift into that centre-back position and Target will come on to the left. Um, there was a late fitness test for Joe Linton as well. As we already know, he made that start in 11, which we're going to discuss in a little bit as well. Um, so, let's get straight into kickoff. Newcastle started well. We did start well. We did start well. We had, I think, about two really good chances with Isak. Um who, for the most part, to feed on scraps for a lot of the game. But I think, I mean, when I, when I first saw them, I honestly thought Isak probably could have done better. There was one chance where he was slipped right down the middle. Uh, I think one of their centre-backs uh, miscontrolled it and he was able to go uh, yeah. right into the box. And there was a defender that was closing him down. But I did think that there was just that moment where he could have pulled the trigger a little bit early. But he decided mm. to take an extra touch or two and the angle got away from him. Uh, it was good defending. Don't get me wrong, but it was. Um, I still felt that Isak could have done a bit better, and if he had the chance again, he probably would have taken it a bit earlier. Mm. Uh, Miggy as well. I, you know, Miggy had a really good game for, um, mm. in you know, in comparison to the whole team. Uh, I thought his his running and his drives were really good, especially the first sort of 10, 15 minutes, and he was one of the few bright sparks. I think, yeah, he worked well with Tenali down that uh, sort of right hand side. Yeah. And carved over, open a few chances. So yeah, I thought you know we start the game well, and I thought to myself, okay, here we go, back to back to normal, back to what we do best. This is going to be similar to the Villa game, um, and it wasn't quite the case, was it? Yeah. So I would say there was a, a chunk of the game. I would probably say between tenth and twentieth minute. It was only a ten minute spell where it was back and forwards, just back and forwards between the mm -hmm. two teams, and you're thinking. This is panning out to be quite a decent game for a neutral, really. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. But uh, straight after that, it just seemed that Newcastle just lost the game in yeah. midfield. It's just as if the midfield just all of a sudden just switched off and went, we're not here anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there has been some grumbles about whether the likes of Bruno and Tenali can play together as one, but you think, you know what, okay, well, give, them, give, give them a bit of a chance to gel together. But the midfield did seem pretty non-existent in this game. And yeah. I was 
I was disappointed because that is, I mean, ultimately that is what's going to drive our attacks, especially going down the wings. You like you got the likes of, I mean, last season Bruno worked so well with Trippier and, and Miggy and same with Longstaff as well when he came in. There was a triangle that we just didn't see yeah. at all. And it was, yeah, like I say, it was disappointing. It feels almost like Tenali and Bruno are trying to play the same game. But Tenali's playing... Times, so far. Yeah, yeah. And Joe Linton wasn't able to... Um, exert his physical presence in the stuff that he does best. There was only one opportunity where he was able to sort of dribble in the box, but then it was a poor finish. Um, under pressure, mind you, but still. Uh, so, yeah, the 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 midfield was almost non-existent. There were so many times where Trippier would get the ball, uh, probably like Matoma and maybe Ferguson or whoever it would be would close him down. He'd pretty much like panic and then just dink it out into the midfield and someone like Gilmore or March would just pick it up and then drive and start attack and attack. And it felt like we, we couldn't get outside our own third a lot of the time. And we yeah. didn't know how to play those triangles that we're so used to. Yeah. So, so I think you've, you've, you've hit the, the, the nail on the head there, mate. There were so many times in that game where there was just zero options and that was just not midfield as well. That like you, you've highlighted Trippier a couple of times and I'm, I'm, do you know what it is? I'm not defending Trippier because that was a very poor game from Trippier. Um, I think every time he tried to pass the ball, it just went into a pocket of nowhere. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. I think it was disappointing from Trippier. I'm, he wasn't the only one. We'll get onto it. Um, but there was a couple of times where the likes of, of our defenders have the ball and there's just zero movement whatsoever. Absolutely nothing. Where you can see the the lads trying to encourage them, saying you're going to have to do something because mm-hmm. we're literally... But the, the way Brighton set up, that and do you know what it is? We're not taking anything away from Brighton because Brighton were fantastic. Brighton were class. Brighton were really, absolutely really good. And, and yeah. we were mentioning in the WhatsApp group, Joe, and, and Brighton looked very similar to how we started last season. That mm-hmm. intensity was just non-stop throughout the game. Even when they were 3-0 up at this point, and they're still going at it when we, when our defenders are pissing about with the ball at the back. Um yeah. But like like you've mentioned, we just really struggled to get a, a hold of the game in midfield. And it just seemed like even when we tempted it, it was so slow. There was nothing there. There was, there was no, for, for what Eddie House is, intensity is our identity. You would not have thought so in that game. It was it was really sloppy. It was really sloppy. And it felt like, I mean, you've, you've just said it, it felt like there were no avenues to go down. Um, I mean, there were times where Tenali did really well, especially in the first half where he was able to carve out a few things. But um, and I think uh, Stupinian, he really struggled actually in the first sort of 10, 15 minutes. He, he was giving the ball away, similar to how Trippier was doing later in the game. And, and that pressing was working really well. Um, and I mean, Isak, God, God bless him. He had a feed on scraps for most of mm-hmm. that game. Really well, mind. There were times where he was able to get the ball from deep and drive forward. But you, you got to feed Isak into better positions and to give him some support as well. There was actually a moment where Isak did, I think it was Isak, he did really well and he squared it back along the uh, along the box, but Gordon had just run a little bit too early. Yeah. But then I was thinking to myself, right, where's Tenali? Where's Joe Linton? Who's there to support that ball? And then when the camera just sort of panned and the ball was rolling, one of their players just picked it up and went away. And I thought, where the hell is everyone? Joe, there was about three of their players waiting to pick the ball up. I think that exactly. moment sums up how our midfield played because, right. like you said, one of those, at least one of those midfielders should at be busting the gut. Busting the gut to get just on the edge of the box just because you never know yeah. what happens in those sort of situations. And they were not even close. Not even not close. Even close. Barely I think Tonali was still on the half. Yeah, I, literally, yeah. I think Tonali was still on the halfway line by the time they continued their attack. And you're thinking, 
for it was weird because Tonali actually was playing really advanced quite early in the game as well. So why the right hand side wasn't? Yeah, yeah. So why, right. so why, 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 why do anything different now? Um, yeah, I was disappointed. It was almost like they didn't have the belief that if they went forward, they were going to score. And I, I find that very baffling. Um, it was. It, it seemed like Fiera the counter attack. That's what that. Yeah, certainly. Like, that, as if no way going to come here just I mean, in case. Yeah, I mean, tell you what, March and Matoma, they are two incredible players. I thought, whilst I thought that target had had done well a few times with March, I think he had his number quite quite a few times, uh, March on target, I thought. Um, although I will say that for the first half, in spite of the fact they had 70% possession, we did keep their chances to a minimum. Mm. And they only managed to score. Well, I say they only managed to score. Their pressure got them the goal, but it yeah, was a so bit unfortunate. We'll, we'll, we'll get on. To, to the first goal. Okay, so yeah. this has caused quite a few stirs in our WhatsApp. <laughs> oh, um, Mr. Spaghetti Legs. Oh, dear. There was there was a few back and forth in, in our yeah. WhatsApp group alone. I'm guessing it was probably the same in many other Newcastle fans groups as well. Um, what's Nick Pope doing, Joe? What is he every, doing? Why, why is every time he leaves the box, he just completely, like, decks it and he just, he turns to spaghetti. He doesn't know what to do. Um, I mean, he did it a few times last season with a sweeper-keeper uh, role. I'm not going to mention a certain game where it backfired horribly, but he's done it almost every single game this uh, this season. And I don't know if that's something that's been instructed to, for him to do a bit more, to try and uh, bring himself into play more and help the defenders out a bit. But he's really, he really looks so uncomfortable when he he's, gets out on the ball. I've... Whether he's, I feel like he doesn't judge the bounce very well as well. Like, it'll come down to him and he'll bounce up and he'll be like, oh, God, like, what have I got to do? Head the ball out of play. It's very, it's this very time robotic, around, isn't it, when he gets out it's, of the yes, very robotic. It's, yeah, and to be fair, look, keepers of old, that is what they were all like. That is, like that's not anything new. But when you look at elite keepers nowadays, like um, uh, Edison, Allison, etc., you know, the, the ones who are really good with the ball at their feet and you feel comfortable with them uh, in any situation. I think that is... To be that kind of sweeper keeper role, you almost need to be at that level of uh, of footwork. And Nick Pope obviously isn't that. Now, what he could have done, now having said all that, right? Having said all that, he could have just squared it at Trippier and it would have Trippier's been screaming fine. for it. Trippier's asking all he could have done. Yeah, we're not asking him to do a Maradona, take take on four people and score like on pro clubs. Like all we're asking him to do is just pass the ball to Trippier and then get back in net. But he decides to try and cane it. Doesn't connect properly. It skids along, and I can't remember off the top of my head. I think it's is it Matoma who it goes to straight possibly, away, or it, it drops in that little pocket on the left hand side. So possibly, it was one of oh, the no. players on the left hand side. Yeah, um, and no, it was a stupid I think. And yeah, the drive forward. Yeah, stupid now plays like a little uh, one two or something with Matoma. Matoma comes along, and um, yeah, there's a save initially, but yeah, which is a good save. It's a good. It's save. a good. It's a. It's, it's a forced one much, by himself. <laughs> yeah, although actually, yeah, we'll say. Should we talk about Tonali's attempted at clearance as well? Well, that comes after the first save, doesn't it? Yes, I'm trying. Yeah, so it comes in. There's a save. It comes out. Tonali has a half-hearted kick. Um, kick at it. Which I hate those kind of things where you sort of swing your leg at it, knowing you're not really going to get a connection. Yeah. And the fact that he then sort of stood there and didn't press forward, knowing mm. seeing that there was a player coming along. I think was it, it was Gilmore who had who Gilmore had that it. smashes it. Absolutely smashes it in at that point. Pope has nothing more he can do except just 
block stop it. it from hitting the net. Yeah, yeah, he's not going to catch that. If he's really lucky, he might get a hand away and deflect it away. But at that point, it's coming at him with such force, such ferocity. At, you know, I, there's nothing he can do. And then obviously Evan Ferguson's just waiting like a, like a brilliant poacher and hits in the back of the net. And you have to think, yeah, okay, on in isolation, stop your goal to concede. But that was their pressing, that was their intensity, that was them carving out multiple chances. I mean, to have what three shots in the space of like ten seconds, like mm, come on, you, exactly. you you can't be allowing that. Yeah, exactly. So the, the game went on because that was twenty fifth between twenty fifth and thirtieth minute, right thereabouts, yeah. somewhere in between there. Um, the, the game went on, and do you know what it is? As the game went on, I was still thinking we, we've we've got a goal in us here. We, we, we can get back into it. Um, obviously, half time comes and it's still, still the same thought process. We'll, we'll get out of this one. The next goal is crucial. The, the, the next mm-hmm. goal after half time is unbelievably crucial. Unfortunately for us, it goes the other way. And mm. it's it's a 25 yard strike from it's Ferguson. Yeah. It's but, a beautiful strike, but, but we should be doing better <laughs> in every aspect. He shouldn't well, be able to get the shot away, for first no. of all. The centre-back should be at least closing the angles of the shot down. Mm-hmm. And Nick Pope is so far on the, his right-hand side of the goal as well. Mm-hmm. They might as well just had an arrow pointing at where to hit that ball. Because yeah. if you hit that on target, it's going in every single time. Because no way Nick Pope can get across there. Yeah, no, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, if you watch the replay, there's a certain angle from behind Ferguson where then just sort of steps back almost and even like parts like any other two, three steps to allow him that angle to get in. Mm. And I'm not saying it's purely Dan Burns fault, but him and Cher really should have, uh, yeah, should have pressed forward and not held by Gaff to come up because it's, it's inviting it. It's literally inviting him to take the shot. I know that Burn had another player that was next to him, but at the end of the day, you can't be allowing these players that opportunity to strike within 25 yards. It's a gorgeous strike. It's a gorgeous strike, but you sit, you you, you you should expect that a Premier League striker can deliver those kind of uh, yeah. finishes and you need to anticipate that. And again, it's a lack of pressing. It's a lack of pressing. I mean, you could also argue where where was the midfield in that in that mm. as well to help out the defence. It's it's a it's such it's, be, it's such a strange game because we're dissecting all these things and it feels like the absolute antithesis of what an Eddie Howe side is so good at. Yeah. And it's weird because we know these players can do better, but they just didn't today. It just felt like from the off. I mean, I'll tell you what, actually. So the second half, I actually think we started all right. I thought yeah. we came out and played quite well. Um, we seemed to be stringing passes together. There were one or two half chances created, and Isak was running well, Gordon was running well, but then it kind of just went back to how it was. And it just felt like we, it felt like we were just accepting the fact that Brighton were going to play their game. And mm. we had we had nothing to stop it. it. It it almost felt like we were just conceding that from the off, and it felt yeah quite sad because I thought, well, that's not what that's not what wins us games as a team, mm. as what as what we are. Um, yeah. So so obviously we will go two 0 down, and just five minutes later, the worst case scenario, we're three 0 down, mm, and yeah. it's it's a very lucky goal because yes, it's another deflection. We seem to concede a lot of deflected goals. <laughs> End of last season, we'll, we'll pick up a few. Um, and this yeah, we season, yeah, we did actually. Yeah, it, it's, right. it's another one this season. And, and Fabian Shaw, it's it's a lazy effort, Joe, isn't it? Unbelievably stop, yeah. lazy to try and stop that that ball. Mm. Half six is leg out, doesn't he? It's yeah, it's all that it's it is. Rough. Dangles his leg yeah. out. Yeah, but why? <laughs> like why? 
stick mm-hmm. your leg in like properly get get a good tackle and stand your ground um was, i think as a premier league defender you should know that if you're gonna lazily stick a leg out it actually can potentially make it harder for a keeper to save it as we saw because it's probably still going to go on target or at least very close and you're just making the angle the trajectory so much more difficult for pope and fabian sherby an experienced defender that he is and a fantastic defender that he is he should know better but at that Mm. point i mean i looked at his reaction in the replay and it just felt like he was like okay fine another one it almost felt like at that point it was like okay yeah game over and that's not what you want to see um but again, it's down to Brighton's pressing. It was just the same, th- same thing all game. Um, and at that point, I thought to myself, like, why bother? The, the, there, there was still twenty minutes of the game left at this point. Minutes left to play. At that point, I kind of mentally switched off. To be honest, I was, I was yeah. like, going, they're going to see, they're going to see at the game. We're going to just allow them to play the ball. And that's exactly what happened. But the 10, minute, 10 15 minutes after that, they literally just passed it around them carved out a couple of small half chances and we were just sat there happy to well not happy but content to allow them to do that and uh concede that we weren't going to get back into this game mm. a few changes were made during the game obviously yeah uh, so tonali went off um oh, well, let's talk it was so miggy went off tonali went off and who was the yeah. other one was somebody else uh, uh almiron went off can't remember exactly who it was but but there was, there was Almer- a few uh, and... miggy went off for wilson yeah, I think. Um, yeah, Tanali went off. Tanali went off for long stuff. Um, was Joel Linton the other one? Let's Anderson came on. Anderson yeah, came so, on. Hang on. So it was Wilson came on for Joel Linton. Anderson came on for Almiron. Longstaff came on for Tanali. And that was all in the 58th. Yes. Minute. Okay. So that was just before we conceded the second goal. Once again, it, it's few changes that made them concede a goal straight away. Very similar to what we saw against Liverpool. Do we have an issue with these substitutions? Hmm. Well, the, the the argument last week was that it disrupted the flow of the game and it meant that we couldn't continue what we were doing. But this time around, it wasn't working from the off. At least with Liverpool, what we were doing before the substitutions was really positive and we actually had a control in the game. This time around, it was the com- well, complete opposite almost, but it didn't really have an effect. I thought it made sense to do these substitutions this time around. I think if you're one nil down and you look, you're about to concede a second, then you need to do, you need to have a, perform some brave changes. So I don't actually, I don't actually have any problem with Eddie Howe doing that because up until that point, like I say, I didn't see us getting back into the game. Um, we need to change something. Uh, mm-hmm. The we can we can talk about the fact that Tenali can't play more than sixty minutes at the minute though. That is can a, he not though? Or is that Eddie Howe's decision? Well, no, it's Eddie Howe's decision, but I'm just really confused about it because he played. I'm the same as you. I'm pretty sure against Aston Villa, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, you, well, I, I'm the same been... as you, Joe, because I, I think. Do you know what it is like? <laughs> we've seen players react on social media, and but do you know what it is? I'm I'm, I'm not going to hold back because. Bruno was was very very poor yesterday, unbelievably poor. Um, he doesn't take criticism very well. Um, it's probably because of the the, the emotional character that he is, which we've seen uh, in the highs and lows at his time in Newcastle. But if anybody's getting taken out of that midfield positioning, it's Bruno for me yesterday. It should have been Bruno. Yeah, I'll, listen, I love him. I think he's a great player, and I don't think that his performances recently are entirely down to him. I think mm-hmm. it's a lot about the change in system that we're trying to implement. I don't think it's really suiting Bruno's game. If you think about how he played last season, he was the link between the defence and the attack, but he also, as I said before, created those triangles with Trippier and uh, and Miggy. And now, 
it seems to be more Tonali's doing that. And it goes back to what I said before. It feels like they're playing almost the same game, but Tonali's doing a lot of what Bruno does well. And Bruno's almost stood there not really knowing what to do. He's kind mm. of drifting a bit. He'll pick the ball up um, in the sort of mid-deep position somewhere in the halfway line. And he... I mean, the midfield isn't helping him out either. They're not playing those uh, one-twos. I feel like the there's no chemistry at the moment between the likes of Joe Linton, Tonali and and Bruno, which is what you need when you're playing these three together. If you're going to play a 4-3-3, and I'm not telling Eddie how what to do here, but this is how I see it. You need to have probably one player that's in that defensive holding role to allow two other players to go further forward and support the attack. But it feels like we're almost playing three players flat mm-hmm. along the along the along the uh, middle, and occasionally one like like a Tenali will sort of push forward a little bit, but then that's about it. There's no other support, and this and it just doesn't feel like it's working at the moment. And I'm I think Eddie Howe will look at this and probably make some changes. My issue is back to the original point. Will he drop Bruno to do that? Because as the way I see it, he currently is the piece that's not working at the moment. If he doesn't drop him, then he needs to find a way of bringing him into the game more because he's not been as effective as he was last season. And I know that he can be as well because he is a phenomenal player. He's a great yeah. player. That, that That's the thing, Joe, because we're in... Do you know what it is? It's a very fine line now of being overcritical of a player but then just expecting more from a player as well. And I think that's what we're doing now. We're, we're expecting more from Bruno because we know he can do it. We, we, we do. And and do you know what it is? I, I don't go by this point where people say, well, look what happened last season. Look how far we came last season. Eddie Howe continuously mentions we take one game at a time. So this is exactly what we're going to do as a fan base right now as well. We're going to judge that last game, okay? And, mm-hmm. and that's, what, that's what we have to do. And Bruno yeah. was not good enough. And I don't think he's been good enough since the start of the season. I think there's been a few moments where he could be doing a hell of a lot better. Okay, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that he's a bad player, and all of a sudden he's turned into the worst he's, player ever. Great. Far great. from it. He's a fantastic player. He really is. But maybe Eddie Howe has a tough decision to make to see what happens in that midfield, just to play about with a couple of chess pieces and let's see what happens. Because, like you said, if anybody's losing their position at the minute from that centre midfield position. It has to be Bruno if you're looking at performances. Well, I just I think what what does Eddie Howe want to do with Tonali? Because he's brought Tonali in, and I don't think for a second he's brought him in to replace Bruno or to do the no, same job right. that he's doing. So, what is the original plan with Jolinton, Tonali, and and uh, Bruno? I would have I I know hindsight's brilliant and everything, but it would have been interesting to see what he would have done if Longstaff was fully fit from the start of the season. Whether he would have looked at mm. embed Tenali a little bit, you know, a little bit incrementally yeah. in. Um, it's a difficult to say because obviously, well, obviously we can't know. But I I think this international break's come at a good time, to be honest, for uh, for Eddie to sit back and reassess. I mean, obviously we've got a couple of injuries as well. Hopefully nothing too serious except for Joe Willick aside. But I think it's a good opportunity for Eddie how to look at our first four performances and say, all right, what can we do to get back to the levels that we were at? Yeah. Now... Talk, I mean, yeah, so the midfield is one thing, but then we have already spoken about this. The level of intensity across the entire side also seems to be lacking. And that's not that's not just down to the midfield, obviously. That's down so to the whole team. I, I, I put it in, in, in the WhatsApp group later on last night that we were so like in, in in a great place last season, at the start of last season, especially how we had a lot of shit houses in that team. And we loved the yes. fact that we had that and they could wind players up. 
it seems like we're a bit of a soft touch this season. It seems mm. like that that's gone as well. So you can talk about the intensity and you can talk about that that basically arrogance that we had as well at times last season. That seems to have gone as well. And it mm. feels like now we're rocking up to some of these games and just thinking that we're going to give these teams a game. And I know we're only what four games into the season and it's been a very difficult start. But we look like a completely different team to what we did last season. We do, we do. But then I know that this I know that these players aren't gonna just lose that overnight. It's not like you get I mean, if you watch episode three or four, I can't remember which one, but it's when they talk about refurbishing the training ground. And it was about breeding that winning mentality. And I don't think for a second that you just, you know, lose that overnight like that. I think there is a there is something psychologically that's going on with the team. But I don't think that it's one of those things where now they've just completely switched off and they're reverting back to how they used to be. Mm. Um that is completely down to Eddie Howe and the coach and stuff to get that back to back to them. I think I don't know, it's it's a lack of confidence. It's I mean, saying that, saying that, we have done we have done very well in pockets. I mean, I don't want to go back to I don't want to go back to the Villa games. It was four games ago. I get that, but mm. we look like the side that we were, yeah, the last season. Uh, the Man City game, it's Man City. Very difficult to impose your style of player there. We came out one nil loss. Not the end of the world. Yeah, Liverpool. First off, we were class. First off, we managed. Okay, we weren't quite clinical enough, and that's a big criticism, but. We weren't really clinical enough last season for large pockets either, but we still showed the same um, behaviours and same adventurous sort of like attitude that got us so many wins last season in the first half against Liverpool. It got us a goal and it got us a red card against the opposition. So mm. in that respect, you can't really complain. Obviously, second half is when it completely went downhill and yeah, we know what happened re- uh, next. But this game was the first game in, I think, a while where from really the off, obviously first five minutes aside from the off, we always look second best to the ball. We couldn't win a header with Joe Linton in midfield, which was really shocking, I thought. Mm. Every time Pope smashed it up, it felt like they were just towering over us and winning every second, first second ball. That that That's the bit that I've actually not seen this season. The reason we've lost the last three games has almost been for completely different reasons. And, uh, you know, one of them being just against better opposition, one of them being probably some kind of psychological issue. And the third one just being a lack of intensity and not doing the things that we we do best in controlling the game. So it's hard to say there's a consistent theme going on, uh, which obviously makes things a little bit harder for Eddie Howe, but it also potentially means that it's an easier fix because there's not one deep-rooted thing that's that's an issue. Um, I may be over-dissecting this, but... If you look at if you look at these fixtures as as individual fixtures and compare them to last season, they're very similar. Uh, when you look at results, yeah, very well, similar. And well. um, you have to look at that. And and I think what hurts the most is that yes, the ball came in very quick succession. Whereas if we had have, have, have spread these across the season, you wouldn't be getting the, yeah. these sort of reactions from the fan base because I know obviously later on the game we, we did. Get a, a goal with which Callum Wilson scores. <laughs> Absolutely cool. No, yeah. no, no. I just want to say I am so glad he finally got his goal at the Amex because he deserved yeah. it last season. So, yeah, but... we, we did get it. And do you know what it is after I scored that goal? The intensity just slightly raised a little bit after I scored. I was that sat, yeah, I was sat there thinking, oh, we could get this, you know. But the match ends 3 1. And, and do you know what it is? And it's, I just, I, I don't know how Eddie, Eddie is going to fix this and 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 like you said that yes we've got the international break but I think he's got huge decisions to make and it was 
really frustrating to see how easily the defense went a bit with the in the absence of, of Sven Botman. It was like yeah. we had changed every single defender on that field. And I know obviously it's the impacts had the impact because obviously targets came in at left. Dan Burns had to shift into center uh, back position. Whether or not it would have been an easier fix just to chuck Lascelles in there alongside Fabian Shaw and keep Dan Burns mm-hmm. at left back, yeah. we don't know. It just Botman not being there, it, it looks like an absolute circus at the back at the minute. This is probably a good time to talk about our uh, summer strategy and how mm. we spent money on players. Uh, there was a few things said in the WhatsApp chat and last night, and I think on Twitter as well about why have we spent sixty million quid on reserve fullbacks yet we can't we we haven't really upgraded the starting eleven positions that we need the most. Now From I would one pair counter- in, to go in the starting well, eleven exactly exactly and. W- one thing I will counter that by saying is that we haven't seen the full effects of being in four competitions yet, or at least two or three at the same time. So in that respect, once they once they start building up, then you'll start to see why we did it. But we really pro- we needed we needed. Um, Seems like we've been invested for sure. the future, doesn't it? Rolling right now. We've seen, yeah, we've seen heavily invested for the future, which is great, and get these players tied down early and get them improving and stuff. I understand that completely. Um, but I mean. I said last night in the chat, why haven't we upgraded left back? And I think Scott said, well, yeah, we bought Lewis Hall. And I said, yeah, but that's not an upgrade if if he's not playing. Like, that's great that we've got him and it's great that we're developing him and I'm glad that we've got him, but we're not seeing that impact on the, on the pitch yet. So we need we need to see that because at the end of the day, we're losing games because when we haven't got, we haven't got players that are able to come in straight from the off when, when we need them. Yeah. It's, uh, it's it's simple as that, really. And listen, yeah. I know it takes a bit of time. I know it takes time to embed some of these players in, but we've got young kids at fullbacks here, like like Livermore and Hall, who I think Eddie Howe is probably not going to bring them in unless it's a cup game this season, unless things get really bad. Mm-hmm. I might be yeah, wrong. I, I might be wrong. But I agree with you. The fact that, but the fact they start a target, the fact they start a target uh, ahead of uh, ahead of Hall says everything. Um, and I'm not. I wasn't surprised about that to be honest, because he's. Obviously, play. He's uh, coached target for a long time. Targets well ingrained in the group, and he he knows what he can do. So I'm, I, he's tried and tested, so to speak. Um, mm. I I understand that when we when the club buys a new player, everyone's like, just stick him in, stick him, stick him in, start an eleven. He'll be absolutely class, no problem. That's obviously not how things work in reality, unless it's a really senior player who's like a like yeah, a Tenali. Um, who was even even then Tenali was was there because Longstaff. Uh, was probably. He, he, he probably. probably wouldn't start it otherwise. So let's let's end it on a positive, mate. Okay. Yes. Let's do Let, it. Let's pick our Newcastle man of the match. Okay. And, and yes, I know Ooh. everybody listening, everybody watching, we did lose the game three one. But let's <laughs> let's okay. let's find a positive from from one Ooh. of our players. Okay. I'll start off. I'm gonna go with Isaac because once again. We've seen in the last couple of games, like you mentioned earlier, he's feeding off scraps and he's still. Mm-hmm. Basically, carving these sort of, of of chances out out of nothing, mm. mate, and that's mm. whether or not he's having a chance himself, or he's bringing somebody else into play. We saw it at the start of the game. We saw it then when he then dropped onto the left hand side when Callum Wilson was brought on to go up top as mm. well. He looked quite mm. dangerous yeah. on that left hand side, which we've seen a few times. Mm. Um, what about you? No, I would agree. I would agree. It's very difficult. I would say there's probably some shouts for uh, Miggy because of what he was doing in the first half. Uh, and Gordon as well, even though he did miss quite a few chances. I don't know if you remember, there was one chance where it fell on quite nicely and he should have 
should have put that away. And it goes back to that old uh, criticism that we've had of him that is he's great and everything, but it's finishing. So Gordon did quite well. I'm trying to think of who else really made an impact. Obviously, Wilson scored, so I'd probably give it to him. Um, <laughs> give it a Wilson. Give it a Wilson. I mean, he did more than the rest of them. Uh, yeah, it's hard. I thought I thought the whole back four really struggled. Yeah. Um, although Every single one know, of them. Every single one of them. Obviously, Pope had a bit of a howler. Um, yeah, it's got to it's got to be Isak. I thought I was surprised when he came when Wilson came on and Isak sort of started playing on the left hand side more because I thought he might play them more as a two. Mm. Obviously, that didn't happen. Uh, but then Isak would look really dangerous. And to be fair, when he started making those runs, and I thought, oh, actually, this is a new avenue that we can explore about yeah. getting getting in behind the defenders because obviously we know what he's, we know we can do that see Everton last season mm. uh, but yeah it didn't quite work out so I would say Isak um, and again he was feeding on scraps for so much of that game yeah um, there's going to yeah. be changes though isn't there going to be changes well I hope so I hope so um, I mean I know that Eddie Howe is like he's loyal to an extent that he likes a system and he wants to look at how he can improve the players in that system before he takes them out but how loyal he's been to the likes of Bruno and that I really struggle to see him leaving the side but then, how long is it going to go on for before, uh, you know, before before yeah. big drastic changes need to be made? Before I wrap this up, just what what I do want to show on screen there, um, I will talk people through it that are listening on the audio as well, is that uh, at the very start of the season, uh, Sky Sports issued this, which was the strength of schedule, which gave, basically gave um, fans a breakdown. Okay, and that was. For every team's strength of schedule at the start of the season. Okay. Um, Newcastle, obviously, we already knew this, but they had the worst possible start out of everybody um, in, in the 20 league, uh, sorry, 20 team league. Um, so it, it's no real shock that we'll find ourselves in this position, is there really? That, yes, we've, we've got one win, but we'll also have three defeats as well because those defeats came against Man City, Liverpool. And Brighton, who are all three good sides. On the flip side of that, if you look at the very bottom of that table, Chelsea are there. And and Chelsea were predicted to have the easiest starting fixtures. And I think they, they tallied it over five games. Chelsea aren't doing too good. So they're shocking, <laughs> man. They're shocking. <laughs> so pick 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 the bones of that because yep. yes, we're in the position, but then on the flip yeah. side, you can look at Chelsea and get yeah, yeah. Oh, no, absolutely, of course. Right, yeah. So I read that this time last year, I think we had four points from these same fixtures and now we're in, we have three this time round. It's really, it's minging that we've had them all one after the other. I will say though, and I said this at the very start, that I'm glad we're getting these games out the way, these more difficult fixtures out the way before we hit the Champions League and we start having to rotate every mm. other week um, just to, you know, just to give some tired legs a break. So whilst it has been absolutely minging, and it's not anything, obviously, it's not psychological, it's not great viewing to see us so far down the table so early. They're, 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 they are good sides that we've played. And yes, we should be doing more because we are capable of more, but it's not the end of the world. We couldn't win. We couldn't buy a win after Forest's first game of the season last season. We we won against them, and I think we went on a, on a streak of like seven draws. Uh, we almost lost against Wolves away if it wasn't for us. Alan said maximum wonder strike at the end. We had a really difficult start, and then then we went on this absolute like insane, glorious mm. 
streak of winning from October to November up until the World Cup. So, you know, tides can turn pretty quickly. And we've seen it before. We start. We started slow last season. We're starting slow this season. But like you say, we're getting these fixtures out of the way. They're very difficult. And I think when you look at what the fixtures that we've got from now until, well, I think around December time, they're really favourable. And yes, we'll have the Champions League in there. We'll have the Carabao Cup in there, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. It's a hard stop. It's a slow start. We're embedding new players in. It's not great. I'm not saying it's, oh, it's fine. It's la da Like, you know, who cares? But let's put things in a bit of perspective. It's not quite the house on fire that it may look on the surface. Mm. Yeah. So we're sticking by the lads. We're sticking by the coach. Of course we are, man. We are just going to crack have. on. We're Put fine. those three miserable defeats behind with the Nets, <laughs> obviously. Like you said, great time for the international break. Just regroup and start again. It's Brentford the next game, I believe. Um, so we'll, we'll just crack on and, and see what happens after that Brentford game. Because if we get three points against Brentford, everything will look fine. If we lose right. against Brentford, then this is when we're going to probably yeah. be having a different conversation. Let's not, let's not even entertain <laughs> that. Let's not even entertain that, man. We'll but, be um, fine. Thanks, everybody who has watched this one. Uh, thanks all those that are listening back on the audio as well. If you are listening on the audio, just give us a five-star rating. If you have enjoyed this, it helps us out massively. And it does help us climb up the charts. Uh, Joe, we were actually in the top 50 sports podcasts in the UK yes. last, last week. So... All good news for that one. Great um, If you are watching the video as well, just like the video, become a subscriber. It helps us out massively too. Um, I think we're close to around about ten and a half thousand at the minute as well. Um, if you do wow. want extra content and early access, you can become a member. It is just two ninety nine a month to do that. Um, like I said, you get early access to videos. You get extra videos as well. You also get access to the Telegram group as well as the Discord community as well plenty of more stuff from ourselves coming up and um, i will be back with the lads on monday night for the always smiling faces podcast and um, obviously there will be no match previews this week but i'm sure we can think of some more things to do to talk about all things newcastle united thanks for watching everybody see you later Cheers, Podcast Network.